Are we trying to avoid spoilers for Lorelai? Well, I don't know how much Lorelai knows. I don't know anything. Great. Everyone to Krypton to Alderaan, and you haven't heard from us in a while because we are the podcast that that were left for dead on the sands of Tatooine. <laughs> I'm Joey, and with me is Royish Good Looks. Hello, podcast. Robin Black Cat. <laughs> it's Halloween time. Hello. <laughs> And Dr. Lorelai. Hello. And we're the podcast that talks about all kinds of nerdy pop culture stuff, but it's mostly Star Wars. I feel like it's been a while since I've said that part. But it's been a while anyway, because it's been like six weeks. I'm judging by Andor episodes <laughs> since we've recorded a, an episode of this podcast. They did the first three at the same time, Joey. But we, well, that's true. Uh, she got you there. <laughs> I forgot. I forgot Andor about savings that. time. <laughs> Cut that part. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> that's who we are. That's us, all right. And if you'd like to get in touch with us, hey, uh, you know what? I would also just love to hear what anyone is thinking or feeling about Andor. You can reach out with your feelings. Just search Krypton to Alderaan on any social media or pew pew us an email at Krypton to Alderaan at gmail.com. And hey, guess what? You know what also you can do is go leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or maybe some other places you're listening like Spotify. I don't know who does it, but hey, if you could leave us a review, that would be really swell and we'd really appreciate it. So as I tried to allude to, it's been a while since we've gotten together as a group. How is everyone doing? What have we all been up to? <laughs> what have we all been into? Oh, the anxiety levels <laughs> just rose. I need a I need a drink. I'm gonna bring up a deep cut. I've like was thinking about getting a Nintendo Switch, one of the little like Nintendo Switch lights. I'm like, I don't play enough video games. I gotta like relieve some of this anxiety, some of this stress, and not listen to, you know, world news with David Muir and how the world is ending every fucking day. <laughs> Let's play some video games. It's like the one thing I don't do anymore. Like I, I've started reading a lot more, but like not enough like stress relief via like jumping and smashing blocks and collecting coins, right? But I didn't pull the trigger on a Nintendo Switch because I don't like spending money. I'm kind of bah humbug. But I did pull up Steam and I've been playing Half-Life, the original lately. But the other day we got our COVID-19 shots and I played Half-Life like all day. And then I think I got sick from the vaccine shot. And I think I got motion sick from the video games that oh, I haven't no. played in like 10 years. And I got real sick and I haven't played since. So that didn't really work out. Maybe I should have bought that Switch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. I, who knew that that's where we were going to end up at the end of that story? <laughs> uh, yeah, real roller coaster. But I, I vibe with that. Like I, a lot of times... If I'm playing on a big screen, that's something I like about the Switch. But if I'm playing on a big screen, I like have to take Dramamine to play video games at mm. this point in my life. So whatever, we're getting older or something. I don't know. Well, you know, you're like, oh, I, I should only have two drinks and then I'm cut off because I don't feel, you know, like it feel like that's the same thing with video games now. Like I played a few too many hours. It was like the thing you go to bed 
and you see the blocks falling like in your dreams, like of Tetris or whatever. Like I was yeah, yeah. shooting aliens in my dreams. I had some dope dreams though. I suppose it was kind of like, it wasn't actually really as dope as it might sound. It was stressful. <laughs> I got sick. <laughs> also, it's it's mostly that I sh- sent you that podcast, Joey. Remember the, I think it's called Remember the Game. And they just riff on like a, a video game for like two hours. And they just did an episode about Half-Life. And I was like, I got to play Half-Life now after listening to this. Because they're like, it's the best game ever. I don't know if the first one is the best game ever. It's it's neat. And the story's cool. And like some of the and a lot of the ideas are cool. But like Half-Life 2 is a much, much better game overall. What do you think about that? I where, gotta, where are you in the game? I got to finish Half-Life 1 before I replay Half-Life 2. Uh, <laughs> I, I just, I launched the big ass rocket and I'm like going back into the facility. Oh, I got captured by the, uh, all the people and they put you in a little trash compactor. Mm. I'm towards the end. I remember enjoying that game. And then I remember enjoying the YouTube video Freeman's Mind. Oh, yeah. Where was a guy playing, but like narrating what was going on inside the character's mind or just narrating the character. Those were fun. How about you, Robin? What first person shooters are making you nauseous? All of them. (laughs) (laughs) I don't play them. (laughs) I kind of have two things. The, The first is I binged the last two episodes of the new Great British Baking Show season this morning. Mm. Very good. Highly recommend. I completely forgot it was even a show. And then I logged into Netflix one day and was like, oh my God, there's a new season. Amazing. Yeah. Did you watch Mexican Week yet? That was the funniest thing that no one knew what Pico de Gallo was. Oh my God. Pico de Gallo. They really need to never do anything like that again. It not only like they kicked off the episode pretty offensively. Like, let's just be racist. And then like <laughs> maybe rethink or workshop those themed episodes from now on. The I mean, it was entertaining. The guac or peeling yeah. the avocado like it was like a, I don't know, like an orange or something. Yeah. It was very weird. <laughs> I don't know hard. what order to assemble my taco in. And then Paul Hollywood was like, I just got back from Mexico. I've never seen a taco like that in my life. Yeah. Things we take for granted. Yeah, I was I like, is it just because I'm American? I know what that refried beans don't is? go in a taco. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's trying to be like, is it like a geography? Like we share a border with the like country that they're trying to represent on this, but that was my assumption. But it it's hard. <laughs> it's it was like Mexican week for people who have never heard of what Mexico is. Yeah, yeah. or have only ever had like Taco Bell. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was bad. You should watch it. Uh, I mean, I feel like I got the rundown now, and I appreciate it. <laughs> if there's a recap show on YouTube, uh, perhaps, perhaps I'll subscribe. Probably. There's, I'm sure it's There's some pretty good the reaction internet. stuff. I hadn't even seen, because it comes out in the UK on Tuesdays, and then it comes out on Netflix on like Saturday or Sunday, I think. I think it comes so out on like, Friday. Oh, does it? Okay. Mm-hmm. So, but there's like a few day lag where like all I saw all over Twitter were just like gifs of mm. people doing weird things to tacos. <laughs> or <laughs> great British baking spoilers, huh? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Who would have thought? Yeah. What's your second thing? Oh, I mean, the second thing is that we've been going to more shows recently. I'm surprised we even have our voices today, Robin. Three weeks ago, we saw Jimmy Eat World, and that was a pretty good show. And then last night we saw Anti-Flag and I went back through my phone and my calendar and the last time we saw Anti-Flag was February 2019. 
So it's been almost four years, like borderline <laughs> four years. So that was exciting because they're my favorite band. And I was like, I'm pretty sure we saw them like end of 2019. And then I looked at the calendar and it is what it is. But they haven't, you know, they're like everyone else. They haven't really been touring much, but it was nice to see them. And they played stuff from the new album and their other album that came out in 2020 that they were starting the promo tour for that in like March 2020. Mm. So they never really got to do a tour for that. And they've only been doing like random piecemeal shows. But this was their anti-fest that they typically only do in Pittsburgh. Um, they're from Pittsburgh. They're from Pittsburgh. So we got to see them. We missed the the first two opening bands, but the other opener was called Surfboard. Interesting. Not the best Surf. band. Surfboard. <laughs> Bort. Surfboard. Like B O R D T. B O R T. Yeah, B O R T. They were pretty good live. They were interesting people, but uh, they played and then it was anti flag. And then we stayed for a couple, me first and the Gimme Gimmies. And they were pretty good too. But they were playing until like 11. So we left at like 10. Yeah, we were like, oh, mm. they, they posted the set times early. And we we're like, oh, anti flag's done by 10. Nice. We'll be home at a reasonable hour. I think you guys would really enjoy an anti-flag show, even though oh, I don't know I, I would. I don't peg you for like, you know, hard punk rock type of music people. But the amount of like unity and, you know, fight the system, I feel like you'd fit right mm. in with the crowd. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Disestablishment. It's the only stuff. show where you can raise your middle finger in the air and a peace sign in the air. And it's like, it's all good, man. Both are fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I would imagine they do have a lot more material based on the past four years. Yeah. Which would be interesting to watch them go through. I mean, I guess, I guess it's always all the same, right? But I like that stuff. I like them. I like that kind of stuff. I think we'd enjoy it. They touched upon the war in Ukraine and, you know, fuck war and, and fuck Putin. And that was mm. really nice. And then they also said, like, fuck the Supreme Court. And they mm. went on, like, a rant about that. And I was like, nice. Yeah, I would I would assume it's a very, like, powerful atmosphere and energy to be a part of. Yeah. It's also the most respectful crowd I've ever been in. Like, an anti-flag show is much more respectful than, like, a Florida Georgia line show. Yeah, like they're fired <laughs> yeah. up and they have <laughs> yeah. they have conviction, but yeah, they're they're not there to like get drunk and belligerent and like, you know, uh they be say, pieces of shit, you know? It's literally like let's all take care of each other. Yeah, before they start the show, they say if someone falls, we pick them up, look out for your neighbor. So like I feel safe and it feels like a welcoming environment more so than like I mean punk shows in general, but more so than most shows yeah. that we I feel to. safer at a punk show than I do at a country show. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. And I've been to plenty of both. Well, that's cool. It's cool that it it it's it's all of those things and that you got to see them after such a long break from it. Yeah, when we're like almost in the front row. Had nice. I been right I was we were one one row back. Had I been in the front row, literally one person ahead of me got the set list. Mm -hmm. Oh cool. <laughs> Next time. I have a boyish good looks set list somewhere around here. It might be worth something. <laughs> yeah. From one of only maybe three shows. Anyway, we don't have to go down that route. Hey, Lorelai, what are you into? What am I into? Um, so we just binge watched Welcome to Wrexham. Nice. Have you guys watched it? Is that the soccer thing? It's the soccer thing. So it's like the real version of Ted Lasso. <laughs> so it's. Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney. Mm. Is that how you say his name? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, by 
a soccer team in Wales that is some, it like used to be a good team and they've like gotten demoted down the leagues until like now they're like not really in the like the big leagues of soccer anymore. And the town is like sort of like a depressed post-industrial town and the team like means everything to them. So they buy this soccer team with the intention of like, both like bringing the soccer team back up into the big leagues and also like picking up the town at the same time. And it's just like really heartfelt. And also like the soccer is kind of fun to watch. And I don't know. I thought it was nice and it's funny. Like they're funny guys. You know? Yeah. I can't imagine that anything with Ryan Reynolds wouldn't be funny. Like he even did yeah. that one uh, game show a while ago. He's awesome. Yeah. I want to watch yeah. this. Do you want to watch it? Kinda. It's she good. just gave an awesome and, pitch. Let's watch it. <laughs> <laughs> and it also like, even, it's not like every single episode is about soccer. Like it's also about <laughs> other stuff. Like we just watched one that was um, about like their friendship and about like male friendships and why so many men are into sports because it like gives them a way to like have close relationships with Express other men. Express their feelings they, through kicking yeah, balls. Exactly. The it's only like, way out of toxic masculinity. Yeah, it's the only time mm. that like men like, you know, like freely like hug each other and do that kind of like when they're on the soccer field, you know, they're like very physical and like mm. touchy and more intimate than they are in like a lot of other settings. So like they have like these little like side, I don't know, these little tangents that are kind of fun and interesting. Yeah, very well worth it. I do, I really like those episodes. Specifically, I really loved that one. Uh, and I love that they they put that one in towards the end of the season. Mm-hmm. But I really don't like sports. <laughs> I, I really, really don't. And some of like, <laughs> some of, some of this show reinforced s- some of the reasons why for me, but it not in a way that made the show bad. I mean, the show was really, the show's really, really good and very heartfelt and very fun. And just very nice. It's very nice. So definitely worth a watch. We'll put it on the list right after we catch up with Celebrity Jeopardy. I'm sorry, it has to take precedence. (laughs) Mm. I mean, it's nice to always priorities. (laughs) It's nice to always throw in that little reminder that we're different. (laughs) (laughs) What are you into, Uh, Joey? What am I into? Listen, so many things have been great. Rings of Power is great. She-Hulk is great. Lorelai and I started a rewatch of Buffy for me, a first-time watch of Buffy for Lorelai, and that's really fun. But mostly, in a Star Wars way, I wanted to say I just read the latest High Republic book called Path of Deceit. And this book is set 350 years before like the Skywalker saga prequel era. It's a very good book. It, it there's like a uh, a force cult in it, mm. and that's a. It's just a really cool story. It's heartbreaking because the people writing the High Republic just can't let us get through a book without just feeling completely heartbroken and devastated. But it's really really good. I really enjoyed it. If anyone out there is uh, into the High Republic or reading Star Wars, I definitely recommend The Path of Deceit. And it's set before all of the stuff that's come from the High Republic already. They're like, they're doing a very Star Wars, like this book is now a prequel to everything that's already happened. So you could just pick it up and read it without having read any of the other High Republic stuff. Hmm. And that's what we've been (laughs) into. So we need to address the elephant in the room with the rest of the time we have left. Obviously, we have not like talked about this as a group, really. Um, So I'm excited to get into it. As of this recording... We are halfway through the first season of Andor, 
And just to start this off, Royce and I did our like anticipation of the series episode, and then I had an episode with a with Scotty Holiday. You should go listen to that and also check out Scotty's YouTube channel about the first three episodes. But I know that Royce has really loved Rogue One. Is that fair to say, Royce? Like, yeah, you can say over that. time. Yeah, I'm more of a convert to Rogue One. Lorelai's never seen Rogue One, but Robin, what do you? I mean, we've talked about it a little bit before, but I'm I'm curious, like, what your vibes with Rogue One are if they've like changed over time. I don't ever want to watch that movie again. <laughs> okay, <laughs> well, solid, solid. Do you think? I mean, I want to get. I obviously want to get into talking about Andor, but do you think where we are at with Andor right now? Do you think that that could change for you? Like, do you think? Do you see Andor in any way like enhancing Rogue One for you? No. I mean, I think Andor is much more well-made and well-written than Rogue Mm. One was. Rogue One felt very sloppy and thrown together. It felt like they were like, we need to do something to let people know what happened before all the other stuff happened. Mm. I don't know. I guess we'll do this. And uh, I just remember Rogue One, like they would show trailers and then you watch the movie and you're like, the thing from the trailer isn't even in the movie. They completely cut the good part of the trailer. <laughs> so the trailer, I remember, like, looked pretty good. And then we went to see it. We were like, where is all the cool shit from the trailer? We we definitely noticed the things missing. But we liked it the first time we saw it. And we went back and we saw it the next day again. Because we're like, it was so good. And then I think that's when we kind of decided, like, oh, we, like all the flaws started mm. to show of it being maybe rushed. Yeah. Okay, Robin's not yeah. into Rogue One. All right. That was quick. I, I, you know, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm excited for Lorelai to see it when, when all of this and I stuff think we all right. have to rewatch it once this is done. I think that's what yeah. every fan is looking forward to. Like, are, how do they tie together? I think Rogue One has like a full cast of characters, though, and so does Andor. And so far, they aren't really like overlapping. Like, Cassian's not the only person in Rogue One. I mm-hmm. think Rogue One would be made better by seeing like almost everybody's story converging into that movie but who you know mm. who knows yeah i think we're we're not that we're not there yet obviously but i think maybe we will get there and i think the mon mothma stuff is really going to be a big magnet for that kind of thing and also sagarera for whatever that's worth in the movie i hope that it's worth something because there are a lot of recaps out there anyone can go and watch those i'd love to like for us to go around and talk about sort of how it started versus how it's going, <laughs> our Andor story. I'll kick, I'll kick the ball yeah. off. Perfect. And, and then you guys can uh, alley-oop it for a three-pointer from <laughs> half court. I don't like those sports. Are not, those are not soccer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so I think the most obvious thing is like they've got the three-episode arc thing going on. And I think I would like to know what everybody thinks about that because that's clearly like the format of the show and they released the first three episodes together. And when you watch them together, it's nice. And then they kind of closed the book on it and they started another three. And then we sort of closed the book on that. It is a little tricky to like go week by week if you're being kind of selfish about wanting every episode to be like a banger because they're setting it up in arcs, right? They have a slow build and you're spending a lot of time with the characters and then everything explodes in the third arc or the third chapter of every arc so far. And I'm really liking that format because we actually get to like spend time with the characters and care about the characters. And when characters die, you're like, no, I like that guy. And it also gives you time to be like, is that guy going to die? It's like, that's kind of nice to be able to 
uh, actually theorize and yeah, speculate, live in the world a little bit. Yeah. And you're like almost like in with the team, you know, where mm-hmm. they said a couple lines in the, the fifth episode that were like, we will know by tomorrow. Oh, we'll figure out by tomorrow how this all ends. There was a lot of like funny dialogue that was clearly like <laughs> next episode. Yeah. We'll know what happens. Yeah, yeah. I, I love next those kind time of trips. on Andor. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you know that you have to wait for them. They're setting all the chess pieces and then they, they all tip over by the third arc of these episodes. So I've been liking that format so far, how it started versus how it's going. Yeah, you're like actually seeing Andor's journey and you're clearly seeing the push and pull of him being the Han Solo. I'm only in it for me. And by the end, he's, you know, going to start inching more and more towards the actual cause of fighting the bad guys. Uh, I also am really liking the format for a couple of different reasons. One, I... It feels very, it feels like a very Star Wars thing to me because eventually that's the way the Clone Wars was produced. A lot of times there were three episode arcs. So this is feeling like a cool niche Star Wars format. They're trilogies. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. Little, little trilogies. (laughs) And it, it, like you said, Riss, it's giving us a lot of time with the characters and it, you know, turns out that this is a very character driven show. I mean, it's called Andor, but it's not just Cassian, right? Like, we're meeting the the rebels and learning about the cause, why they're in it, all that kind of stuff, where it's giving us a lot of time to focus on individual characters. It could totally be called Rebels 2, you know? Yeah, yeah. Or Rebel just Rebels. Alliance, yeah. The show. I, I kind of wish it had a, a name like that, to be honest, because, like, Andor, it's, I mean, it's obviously focusing on Andor, but it could jump around just like Rebels did, you know, or Clone Wars. Yeah, I think the overarching thing is, like you said, getting him from A, and A being directly his line, I'm only here because I'm getting paid, to B being the end of Rogue One, was sort of what he's willing to sacrifice for the rebellion, for the cause that he now doesn't believe in. Are we trying to avoid spoilers for... Lorelai? Well, I don't know how much Lorelai knows. I don't know anything. Great. What I, what, another, <laughs> one last thing I want to say, my third point about the three episode arcs is that I think it's really interesting breaking down Andor in a story writing sense of they know they're writing 24 episodes. I think the way like story writing goes for this kind of thing for like stories is an overall act one, act two, act three venn diagram like where they're like overlapping but the amazing thing about andor that i find myself doing is getting like infinitesimally small with that idea like you can say over the 24 episodes big circles of act one act two act three and then smaller circles for like the 12 episode season and then smaller for the three episode arcs and then you can keep going down you can keep diving deeper in these episodes with little Act one, act two, act three elements in it. And so I think that's a really cool part of the broader storytelling and the more like focused storytelling of this show. They must have taken a lot of time to like storyboard that out and plan that. I think that's very evident. Even just the amount of dialogue that's in the show, like a lot of time went into designing it probably. I just hope they leave two episodes in the middle that we can spend some time with the Mandalorian or maybe, you know, Luke. (laughs) And, you know, that would be really nice just to spend time away from all of the main characters. We got to see Baby Yoda at some point. Somebody get the... (laughs) I just wish a big cane would come in from off screen and drag Royce away. It's very slow for my taste. 
so far. Mm. Like, I don't remember the first episode or two feeling that slow because I feel like he was kind of running around a lot. They had the flashbacks in the first couple. Yeah, which I'm typically not a huge fan of the way that Star Wars does the flashbacks in the, the TV shows, but it made it feel a little bit faster paced than the last few episodes have had a lot of dialogue. And that's typically when, like, I just... I zone out and I stop paying attention. I need, Hmm. I like the Marvel movies with the action and I don't know, I don't want to necessarily say fighting, but I like when they're like, they're running around and they're trying to do stuff. And I completely zone out when there was like a, you know, five minute, 10 minute dialogue scene where they're talking about their lives and their, their, their Hmm. reason for being in the rebellion and stuff like that. Like I, I couldn't tell you a lot of what's happened in the past few episodes because I've just been like, okie dokie. You have to be okay <laughs> investing in so the characters. Funny. Like, it's not a popcorn, it's, like, you know, watch them blow up. But if that's what you prefer, that's what you prefer. This is a different, yeah. you know, take, obviously. Yeah, Royce mentioned something in the car yesterday and he mentioned uh, the name of the celestial event. And I was like, what? And he's like, you know, the the <laughs> thing they were watching with the meteors. And I was like, oh. And they said ma- the eye. You got to pay more attention, yeah. I think, Robin. You're you're normally very good at listening. And they said the eye many times. I mean, the sixth episode is even called the eye. I I didn't pay attention. <laughs> I couldn't tell you most of the characters' names. I can only tell you that I'm angry that his name is Clem. In your defense, there and, yeah, and Clem was his father's name. Yeah. In your defense, though, there is a ton of dialogue. There is also a ton of jargon. And they're Star Wars names and they're weird names. And sometimes they like abbreviate things or they start with a first name and then somebody else gives a last name and you're like, I don't know. Also, So I get that, that it's hard to digest all of that when you're just like, where are the TIE fighters? It's also had not really any of the Star Wars content that I typically show up for. Like, I don't remember one single droid yet. And I have- B2 emo. Oh, B2 emo. One of the greatest droids in the whole galaxy. The, the droid on uh, uh, Luthen's ship. It was not memorable enough. And I've, You like B2 Emo. And I have had zero cute creatures. I need my All baby right, Yoda I'm moment. I'm going to lose what it. About, I'm <laughs> going to lose what about, it. Wait, 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 wait. No. You got to get a bleep button on the f***ing going to get baby Yoda ruined Star Wars. <laughs> I do. Uh, you know, it's clear that it is a more character driven show and the... The things that they're trying to do politically with the show, I think, necessitate us getting this involved in the characters' lives. Especially for me, when they're sitting around and Nemec was explaining to Cassian his manifesto, as they called it in the show. And I am loving stuff like that. But I understand, you know, you want the pew-pews. I thought the stuff with the eye uh, was very action-oriented especially towards the end of the episode. They're not withholding the action. They're just making you wait for it. There's a buildup yeah. to it. So it's not like it's not there at all. And you're like, it's only talking? Like, you just have to wait another episode. I think the payoff's worth it. What does Lorelai think? Yeah, I mean, I have had zero expectations for this show because I didn't know who Cassian Andor was because he's not been in any of the Star Wars content that I've seen, right? He has not. That's what I thought. Okay, so I did, I was like, I don't know who this dude is. But yeah, I think I agree with Robin that the like second chunk of episodes was definitely slower. Like it was just like a lot of preparing for heist and then the heist happens and like the heist is fun. But the like 
preparing for heist was kind of like, okay, yeah, I get it. We're in the forest. We're preparing for the heist. He has huh. to read this book really fast. Okay, okay, okay. Oh my goodness. Still preparing. There were no sex scenes. We're still preparing for heist. Nope, nope. This episode, we're still preparing for heist. You know, um, ice loading. This is, dot why, dot. this is why people come to Krypton to Alderaan. Because we're different. You son of a bitch, I'm in. Yeah. But I think like, I don't know, that... I get why they did it because I think the first three episodes were very good at kind of introducing the theme of like, fuck the man, bleep the man. You're going to bleep things, right? Anyway, you know, like, and the, I don't know, just like the whole feeling of the show is very like anti-establishment. You know, these are the like insurgents and like, however that makes you feel, whether it's like, oh, we... Like, our country routinely, like, destroys people just like this. So I think, like, the first part was really good at, like, introducing that idea. And then in the second part, they got a little bit more deeper into, like, the feelings why you might be end up in that position. Um, regardless if you think of yourself as, like, the good guy or, like, we often think of people like that as the bad guy. I don't know. It is a little bit deeper, I think, than some of the other Star Wars stuff. And those are, like, themes, I think, throughout Star Wars. But this show is just like really going in full on. A normal Star Wars movie would spoon feed it a little bit more as all. Yeah, yeah. And they're they're just like going hard into the like war aspect of Star Wars and like what does it actually mean to be in a war and what does it actually mean to like try to be rebelling against the Empire. It's very down to earth. Yeah, and I, although I, it was kind of like, I don't know. He was having these really deep conversations with characters that I was like, this guy's obviously going to die. The nerdy kid. like Nemec. Nemec. Yeah. Like there was no way he was not going to die during the heist. And he kind of knew it too. Like you could kind of tell. And he, well, he wasn't really good at being a, like a rebel. You know, he was no, good at being a he philosopher. Was like, he well, was wanted to be a rebel, but like in like the action side of things was like definitely not his... I have to be a rebel, but I'm scared to hold a gun. Yeah, he had a role to play. I don't know because I felt the same way until the the, until the shootout. uh, Yeah, he did really well. Yeah, he's like very competent. He shoots. You know, he's obviously good with the blaster because he shoots the guy who's like wrestling with Cassian without hitting Cassian, and he's like he volunteers to cover Cassian so that he can get to the ship. Yeah, he was. I thought he was very competent in the actual action part of it as well. But he was not confident about being competent, even though he was. I, I mean, that was just like part of his character like he was obviously the thinker and the like yeah the philosopher and that was his role that's that's an interesting point i wonder if it's similar to his what are the role of mercenaries in the rebellion yeah uh, part of his manuscript like can philosophers in this oppressive system just sit and write no clearly not because he is in the fight with everyone else while also being that philosopher. I think that's a really interesting. See, this is why I loved getting to know these characters, especially him. Yeah, he was well, a good character. And whatever he wrote down is clearly going to like live on. They're setting that up it's like Cassian. Like, important. Yeah. The next episode is going to start and he's like not going to want to read the book and then he's eventually going to open it and there's going to be a passage in the book that's going to be like, open your mind to new experiences and then, you know, <laughs> ta-da. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to give him what what he needs. Can we discuss 
where we hope the show goes from here or where we might have an inkling. Like, Royce, you touched on it a little bit with saying, oh, he's going to be off and read the book and stuff like that. Is there any... I know it's I know it's hard for you, Lorelai, not completely in the world, but just based on what we've seen, is there something you'd like to see going forward? Um, I think he's probably going to meet back up with Antique Store Guy, whatever his name is. Luthen. Luthen, yeah. Like, that. he's the guy who, like sucked him into all of this right and that that guy like obviously is like i have plans for you yeah um so that's gonna happen at some point even though like it's gonna be awkward because he like took his money and left but i gave him back his crystal though yeah he. but we didn't even talk about luthan which in my opinion is another maybe politically problematic character super interesting character like a great example of like rubbing shoulders with the people you hate in order to get what you want. Yeah. But yeah, I think that's like probably on the docket. I guess I don't know. I mean, since I don't know what happens to Cassie and Andor in the movie, like I assume at some point he's going to be some sort of like rebel leader sort of figure. So he, it's just like a case of like, is that going to happen at the end of this season? Probably not. But I assume there will be some steps towards that where he might like go back to the team. I don't know. Go back to that one lady. Um, Vel. Yeah. And be like, I'm sorry. Let's like work on this together. Or maybe not because they've like been pretty good. Like the two, the three episode sections, they just like ditched everyone from the last. Yeah. Everyone except Luthen and the corporal people. Yeah. Yeah. So that's it. That was another question I was going to ask you, Lorelai. What do you think? Do you want to see more of the folks we left on Ferrix? Like all the people that he's like his adopted mom and his like whatever girlfriend Bix? Um, I don't know. I guess I don't I think it's unlikely that we will because that's like he can't go back there. Yeah, I've seen He's some stuff about man. like um, him going back there, but I'm curious if he would because the whole, he was going to leave in the first place because he killed those corpos in the first episode. How about over there? What do you two think? Robin, do you have any kind of inkling or stuff you might want to see? More droids? More, more droids, preferably I, more cute creatures. Maybe a... God fucking damn it. Bleep. <laughs> that was a good droid though b2 emo i love him he was really the first like emotional hook in the show for me robin i don't know if it's true but i've heard that they might do less of the like three episode arc thing going forward so maybe you'll get more exciting like encapsulated episodes rather than it having it drawn out quite as much for some of the end of the season yeah i just i want more to happen overall like yes i would like more droids and compelling characters but i i want more movement stuff yeah 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 i think that's fair move it along what about you move along (laughs) (laughs) what about you royce lorelei said something that made me think like does he go back to get vel or whatever like they showed that one imperial guy setting up his quarters on ferrix and Mm. i was thinking like yeah why would they go back there but maybe cyril goes back there to like investigate and then like finds out vel is like the girlfriend and maybe like kidnaps her and then like they can have that that uh bix yeah uh yeah yeah yeah, not vel not vel bix his his not girlfriend from ferrix but was like dating that other guy tim that got blown away by the corpos. Uh, Tim. Star Wars God. Tim. Tim. The worst Tim. Tim. Tim with yeah, two Tim-ma. M's. So maybe maybe that plays into it if they bring any of those people back. But I don't think you really have to. You can just move forward to the next plot 
you know, he meets mm-hmm. up with Luthen again and gets, you know, well, I guess he already gets paid. He just takes the money out of the stuff they stole. So I don't mm-hmm. know. Really, they could go anywhere. And I think that's kind of a cool thing is it's not completely predictable. Within the arcs, it's kind of predictable that you know what's going to pop off by the end. You just don't know exactly how it's going to play out. Yeah, I don't know. I'm excited. Like, I'm in because the way they've set it up so far has been really satisfying. They haven't really dropped the ball so far. And I would say that I trust them. I'm not going to go out on a limb and say it's the best Star Wars ever, even though I exclaimed that earlier in a fit of rage. But it is very good Star Wars. Maybe not necessarily the quote unquote best because that's for you to decide, but it's definitely good. There's nothing about it that's like, eh, we can forget about this. It's not holiday special material, you know? It's pretty dense, uh, which makes it different, but there's a lot in there for for you to chew on. Yeah, I agree. There's, there. it's, it's, it's all good, like, in my opinion. Like, you know, there's no, there's no skippable content here, I don't think. Where do you think it's going? I would kind of like to see maybe some time taken away from Cassian himself. Like, maybe as Cassian's, like, reading Nemec's book, or, like, resuming the search for his sister, which started all of this. Hmm. Like, we still have yeah. a lot of unanswered questions. And I would love to see what's going on on Ferrix if there's, like, a rebellion being built there because now the presence of the empire is there. I mean, I loved Bix. Uh, and that whole planet that was stuff. a bunch of rebels. They all fought against the corporal yeah. people. And like his friend, his friend was the one who attached like the cable to the ship that causes the corpo to crash the ship. So I think there's going to be a lot like a lot of tension on Ferrix, obviously after all of that. Uh, and we're going to have to address stuff with his, uh, what the hell? What, what's her name? His adoptive mom. Marva. Marva and like taking him off that planet in the first place. Uh, and I want to see more Mon Mothma. Like you said, I want to see the confrontation between her and her husband. They and split the at some dynamic. point. And the, and the, yeah, and we're getting close. Something I really loved about the finale of, yeah, the finale, about uh, the end of episode six was the complete opposite reactions of Mon Mothma and Luthen to the same event. Like, she had just told him in his shop, like, don't lecture me on vulnerability. I'd be the first to fall. And then when the plan succeeds, the heist succeeds, the fear on her face versus, like, the sigh of relief from Luthen, I thought was, A, like, amazing content and storytelling. And B, setting up the rest of the series to be like, oh, like, shit's hitting the fan. Mon Mothma's got even more of a target on her back now. And we're getting to the point of her in Star Wars Rebels because she shows up in Rebels and it's taking place at the same time as Rebels where she like denounces the Empire officially. So like that's coming up very soon. And I also just would like to point out the Eye was the name of the celestial event. The Eye is obviously also a term for like the like center of a storm, the point of refuge, mm. right, in the storm. And we're halfway through the season Mm. and the halfway point was called the eye i'm really excited like robin this might be them saying no this was the calm part that would be nice it was it was obviously like i think it was like my heart was beating the entire episode both times i watched it but i i I think it's not an accident that the episode was called that like Mm. this was the eye of the storm the storm that is coming to andor next I'm very excited to see what happens. I'm really loving this show. I like that take. I just love everything. And if they ever sell Nemec's Manifesto, I would pre-order it. (laughs) 
and I'd be sitting at the bar with him. So I told Robin this when we were driving to like to Target the other day. They introduce Ferrix as a new planet. They introduce a lot of new planets, really. But in typical Star Wars fashion, the planets normally have like one biome to them. Tatooine's a desert. Jakku is another desert. Hoth is a tundra. Endor, I guess it's a moon, but it's a forest moon. And Ferrix is like the Autobots planet. Like everyone just fixes cars <laughs> on Ferrix. There's nothing else to Ferrix. They fix cars. Uh, mm. So, and I guess, you know, Aldani is a big river or something. Surprise question. If you could make a Star Wars planet and it was only one thing, a biome or a automotive shop or whatever you want, what is they? what do they do on that planet? Or what is the weather on that planet constantly? Robin, what is your Star Wars planet? It's a cute little forest that's actually a Baby Yoda nursery. And there's just thousands of Baby Yodas. (laughs) Dude, they were, he was supposed to return him to his kind. I really wanted to see where he came from. That's why I wrote the damn Baby Yoda song. Baby Yoda nursery planet. Yeah. I'm down with Maybe that, we'll Robin. Get to see it one day. That was such a bait and switch because I thought that too, and then it turned out he just meant the Jedi, right? But you want to see, dude? Where the, where do the Yodas come from, though? That's a great question, Robin. I'm, I don't. I'm in. Goddamn, Baby Yoda ruined Star Wars. <laughs> Lorelai, what's your Star Wars planet? I think it would be like also like a forest planet, but like I'm thinking like a cabin in the woods on a lake, you know, and it's like mm. chilly in the morning and you could see your breath. And then by the middle of the day, you're it's like nice and hot and you like actually want to swim in the lake. But it's that sort of feeling. I think you know? that might be Naboo. I think you it might, I think you might really Naboo. like Naboo. Yeah. yeah, the most earthy planet. Yep. I'm down with that. What would mine be? Hmm. Mustafar seems the closest to my current level of mood. Maybe mine would just be a maybe mine would be a mood ring planet. Ooh. It's just one biome as my mood. I'm I'm that I'm that uh powerful in the force. It's a force sensitive planet. planet whose biome changes to your mood. Yeah. That's what I would go with. That's kind of cool. Just like bursts into flame every once in a while. <laughs> is that not Is that not like the most entitled white guy? answer to this question like it will be yeah exactly (laughs) what would yours be royce i don't know yeah that's a tough question because they've kind of done it all i mean i'm joking that ferrix is an automotive planet but that seems like that was the entire town they all they all were working on spaceships iron ferrix right must must be rich in like metals and stuff for industrial space travel yeah i don't know i think mine would have to be like some kind of musical planet which is also interesting that ferrix seemed to be kind of musical I don't know, some some planet where like it had sounds to it. It was like a resonant place. Probably something with the force would make sense. You'd go there and you'd like get in tune with the vibrations or something. I don't know. That's mm. that's maybe a cop out of an answer. But these that's the great no, thing like about it. Star like Wars it. that like that could be out there, man. That planet's there. Yeah. You're making me think of some. I feel like there's something like that. I can't remember if it's in the Clone Wars or a book. But anyway... Sounds familiar. Well, that's great. Thanks so much for the surprise question, Royce. Picking up the slack. You know, I haven't had enough time since the last time we recorded to come up with something. It's tough. (laughs) All right, listeners, what Star Wars planet would you create? And also, we didn't name our planets, but I think, you know, you have to give your planet a name as well. So what would you name your planet? What's the biome or what's the secret sauce? Let us know on Twitter at Krypton Alderaan. 
You could pew, pew, pew us an email, Krypton to Alderon at gmail.com. And we're on every other social. Just search Krypton to Alderon. Have I said it enough? Well, just wait till the theme song plays after this outro. Thanks for listening to this episode. I've been Royce. I've been Robin. I've been Lorelai. And I've been... Quick, what's a character's name from Andor? Clem. <laughs> and I've been Clem. <laughs> and we've been Krypton, Krypton to Alder. Alder.